Well, good morning, everyone, and morning. welcome to Unit D Center for Positive Living. My name is Susan, and we're going to start today with the reading from the Daily Word. And today's word is joy. I draw from my wellspring of joy. There are so many ways to express joy. I may speak words of praise that bring the awareness of even more blessings to mind. I may take joyful action, my every step aglow with the light of God enlivening all I do. I celebrate the playful joy of every child, especially the child within me. I experience the same happiness whether I am in the heart of a busy city or in the stillness of nature. And then there is the quiet joy of just being, the richest joy of all. I taking slow, deep breaths, tapping into my wellspring of well-being that never runs out. I feel its energetic flow spilling over into my heart and life. What joy to be a spiritual being, a precious child of God. And from Luke 2, 10, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. And please join us in singing Surely the Presence while we are led by Dallas and Linda. song today is living in the heart of God and if you are able please stand and make a joyful noise and we will follow this by the greeting so you can stay standing. <laughs> Nothing is ever and we are not forgotten. We are living in the heart of God. Nothing's ever lost, and we are not forgotten. We are 
Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Okay, so uh, it's time for us to greet each other. We've got the folks online, we've got the folks here, so go for it. And here comes another folks. Oh, two more folks. Okay. How are you? Hello, fellows and Hello. Good to see you all. Yeah, you too. Yeah. I didn't get to thank you last Sunday, but I really enjoyed that sermon you brought. So. Oh, good. Thank you. You're welcome. How many? I, you know, I can't see anybody on Zoom other than me until you come up. That's the way it is. Well, we're all up here on our screen. <laughs> yeah, mine too. Gallery view. You're, you're kind of... I'm thinking it has something to do with the settings. Well, I'm also on a phone. Oh. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think this phone. Is there's a button when you go to the view that says hide hey, video? I don't have a, I don't have a view button on my phone. Uh, okay, I'm just letting you know. There's something in the settings where you hide the non-view button. I don't even have a setting button. I got mute, stop video, share content. How many you don't have like where you you determine whether you're doing the speaker view or the the grid view. They don't have that on the phone. You don't have that on the phone. Okay. No. I think the screen is just too small. Probably. Uh, we can see you clear though, Joanne. Yeah. Okay. Loud and clear. I'm doing um three days, hey, seven a.m. to four p.m. of uh, continuing ed hours. So I'm. Oh, I'm here's my other here's my class I should be at. <laughs> but I've taken his class three other times, and I'm just in it for the hours. Yeah, <laughs> for the certificate. I know that is. Yeah. Okay. See you guys later. Okay. 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 All right, it's time for the announcements. I know of three, and if you have others, you can let me know. Uh, today, wow, that's still going. Today is um, the, hmm, what do you call that thing? The circle, the, the other circle. Oh, yeah. The Spooking um, Film Club. No, the other circle. I was going to say first because it starts an hour earlier. Oh, dear, you're going to have to edit all this out. <laughs> I don't know what you got. What are you doing? North, south, east, west. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> we should play a game together. <laughs> okay, at um, 2 o'clock in Winlock, at Bear Raven is the medicine wheel. Thank you, Linda. <laughs> at three o'clock um, in the comfort of your home in front of your Zoom is Circle America. And on the Zoom channel. On the Zoom channel, yes. And today, the first two episodes of 1619 are going to be discussed. And all that information is in the emails that have been coming to you. So. The unit email so you can check that out 
on the 9th, uh, which is Easter, we're having uh, an Easter dinner here after the service. So think about how good it will be and the fact you want to come and think about what you want to bring. And who else has any other announcements? Okay. Well then, let's say our unity statement together. We believe in our oneness with all life and the power of love. We teach universal principles and values as taught by Jesus and others, revealing the one God presence. We practice prayer, meditation, and service to be conscious of our oneness in God. And now it's time for our song of joy, which is called Animate Joy and is created by our very own Dallas, Tally. Woo! And sung by him. Oh, you are? Are we do we get to sing too or no? Yeah. Okay. So let's sing joyfully. You know, of all the reasons anybody might say we're here, one reason we know we're here is to animate joy. And when we animate joy, we're going to do all the things that this song talks about. What are we here for to animate joy? What are we here for to animate joy? What are we here for to animate joy? When we do know what we came for. I change this key dress. I can tell that not a whole lot of people are with me in this key. So what are we going to do? Oh, 
Thank you so much. So today, our reading is going to be given to us by Howie. And she's on her way. <laughs> okay. Uh, last time I was reading, which seems like a long time ago now, um, I talked about Myrtle Fillmore. And I'm sure all of you are familiar with her name, or you probably wouldn't be here. But I found this beautiful little book, and um, she really did not like to write books, but she loved to write letters. So this is full of letters that people have taken bits and pieces out of them and put them together in a book. And it's called How to Let God Help You. So it's all her ideas. So what I am still trying to to learn about her is a little bit about her life and what it was like back then because she lived a long time ago compared to, to us. And I don't know if any of you have ever thought about, well, I wonder what her life was like. And if you remember, I talked about she had some great sickness that a lot of people did back then, um, primarily tuberculosis. But her whole family had gotten sick and she was very ill at times. But she strived forward. She wanted to know and believe in God so much that there was a purpose there. And so I'm going to talk about that a little bit. She says that her family for generations had been members of the church. And they were God-fearing people. So she was carefully reared in a Christian atmosphere. But she found during the time that she was learning and growing up, that the dear ones around her did not really seem to have an understanding of God who ruled in their lives. And that kind of one made her wonder, what else is there to know about God? Because he's so much a part of our lives. She says her mom was a very spiritual woman and always kept the principles of right and love before her. And so she saw a lot in her mom, the kind of person that she herself wanted to be. Something I found really interesting is Myrtle loved her school days. And the primary reason why she loved the school days is because she loved to read. She was a voracious reader. But during that time, and the, you know, the one school that they would have with everybody in school there, boys, girls, all ages, the boys were always allowed to have different books than the girls were. The girls were kind of held behind. You know, I guess it was felt like they didn't need to know how to read because they were going to be housekeepers and, you know, be married and your children. So, you know what she would do? I thought this shows a little bit of her character here. She always wanted to read those books that were supposed to be for the big boys and the grown-ups. So what she would decide to do, I want to take my brother's books quietly, she said, and go secretly to a little corner to enjoy them. She said, then I could get away with reading the big books that weren't supposed to be for the girls, only the boys. And she just loved it. They told her wonderful things and they opened up her mind. And 
she started to understand the things that were happening and harmonizing with the life that she lives every day. She loved to the old myths, the fairy tales, histories and scientific works. She found that the scientists of those days and hundreds of years ago all had to do with our present day life. It was all interconnected, even though it was so long ago. And she said she discovered that the writers of the myths were becoming aware of the power of the human soul and of the ways in which we train and develop those powers. She said she also delighted very much getting out in the woods. She said, I love to touch a tree and feel it was truly intelligent. I received something very satisfying from my close contact with the tree and nature. I know now that I was feeling and responding to the omnipresent spirit of God. The abundant life of God was pouring out to me from everywhere. And my hungry soul and body were drinking it up and rejoicing to express it. During my childhood, she says, there was no real understanding of God as the health of his people. And as you know, that's kind of what I feel it's been her, was her primary search in life is about God. And why are we unhealthy when we are made in God's image? Some of my family had been weak, she says. Some of us had been very, very sick and frail. And so had she. But she continued to satisfy herself with the books and her lessons and to learn as much as she could. And she became a teacher. I don't know if you all know that, but she became a teacher. And so she taught in those one-room schoolhouses. And they moved around quite a lot. So she taught in quite a few of the schoolhouses. And even though many of the parents said, well, how can a woman teach the boys what they need to know? She didn't seem to have a problem relating to boys. She said, I enjoy them. I have brothers. We could do fine. She said after several schools that she was in teaching and the wonderful years of coming in close touch with the many boys and girls and their parents, Mr. Fillmore came along. Hmm, we wonder how they met. He was the man who was destined to catch the spiritual vision with me. And when he saw me, he decided he was going to have me for his companion. Of course, he had not yet consulted me in that. But apparently, I did not have much to say about it. He was awfully nice. And I suppose I was a little hungry to have a home of my own and my very own voice to help as I would like to do. And so we were married, like most people do. And I kept on with my studies and my teaching anyway, because that was my true love. And I enjoyed reading so much that I never gave up reading. And all this while, I kept feeling that there was a way of life which would be discovered that would ensure happiness, health, and plenty. We had an opportunity to investigate spiritual science. My receptive mind and heart can be catching at the idea which appealed to my reason and my intuition. And after a while, I was convinced that God would not create a world in which sickness, sorrow, and lack 
and apart. I knew that God, whom I could call Father, would not create imperfect children. And as I thought of it, I began to realize that I was truly God's child. And that because of this, I must of necessity inherit from him. Then became the very spirit of God in man. And I began to wake up and the spirit began to illumine my consciousness. And I saw that the life that is in us is the life of God. Therefore, I reason the plan of God must be inherent part of the mind of man. And since I had learned to live in books amidst the trees, I began to live with God and to talk with him, just as I had talked with these familiar things that were around me. God revealed to me that my body was intelligent and that I could direct it and praise it and it would respond. And I assumed that God was hearing me and answering my prayers. And he was giving me his life, substance, and intelligence for me to use. She nevertheless came down with tuberculosis. Some of her kids got ill. And she blamed it a little bit because of how busy she was. And still teaching, still trying to be the woman of the house, take care of her husband and the kids, and do all the cleaning that was necessary. That one day she went from top to bottom, cleaning everything, until she was totally worn out. And what she thought was pneumonia that she had had, that was her way of trying to get rid of it, um, turned into a tuberculosis. And she knew many people that had that in those days. And when she had talked about healing, people were saying, what do we do about this sickness? What do we do? And that was like the question on her mind. What do we do? The spirit said to me, you have looked among your faults. Now look among your virtues. I thought that kind of strange. But soon it came to me that I had tried that I had tried to keep my feelings to myself, taking great pride in the fact that I never let anyone know just how I felt when anything displeased me or hurt me or how I felt. I wasn't being truly honest with myself or other people and letting them know that I did not have the power to heal myself, even though I was trying to learn how. She says that in those early days, I hardly knew what was taking place as healings were accomplished. She said, I tried to understand them. I only know that my experience was much like that of the blind man whom Jesus healed. One thing I know that whereas I was blind, now I see. I simply had great faith that God, the loving father, had marvelously revealed himself to me as my help in every need, and my faith inspired others to have faith. She believed that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I myself, I don't know if that's a quote she came up with, because I'm, I've heard that before, or if it's something that she borrowed, but she certainly believed that with all her heart and soul. She said, we tried to get through all the family problems and sickness, 
And I was right along with everybody else. I didn't try to be better than everybody else or to pretend that I knew more than everybody else. And I was still reading and I was praying. I believed myself the child of God, filled with his life. And I gained in health and understanding. And others saw that there was something new in me and asked me to share it. And I did. And others were healed and began to study. I'm going to leave it for there right now. And we'll continue next time. Like that. If you don't like, you know, it's not really a <laughs> well, it's always good to learn more about Myrtle Fillmore. Thank you. It's time for our meditation song, and it is called I Find Your Love. And you may remain seated for this. Can't your smile on someone's face? The whispering, the wind's Hope it brings to find 
of hearing from Eileen Selick. Eileen has been under the weather this last week, so she's coming to us via Zoom. So you can crane your necks in that way. And um, here she is, Eileen. Oh, I see her smiling. That's a good sign. She must have gotten the joy message. Okay. All right. Hopefully y'all can hear me. Um, so yeah, Hello. as as Susan said, I oh yeah yeah okay push button uh -oh. <laughs> push a button yeah all right is this better now okay um so as Susan said I've been a bit under the weather um I actually left my house for the first time yesterday since Tuesday um uh, diagnosed with strep on Wednesday and I've been waiting for the time that my whole head stops secreting mucus. It'll be glorious when that finally happens. In the meantime, I'm here at home. I'm coming to you from home and you will get my ill-minded ramblings today. Uh, but I wanted to start with um, kind of answering not really a question that Hallie had, but let her know um, that it's actually Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And so I have a few different versions of it, but what comes um, closest to what she had quoted there from Myrtle today is now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Um, so I just wanted to mention that. And here is my fabulous parallel Bible that has four different versions of the Bible side by side. It is one of many Bibles that I own. In case you don't know, I have a minor obsession. Um, so today I'm going to work to kind of bring together thoughts that I gathered from several different um, texts. And so there shouldn't be much of a surprise at this time of year that we're gonna touch on To Keep a True Lent by Charles Fillmore. Um, I've tossed in a little bit from the um, Lenten Companion, which is my little Catholic reference I've been using during Lent. Um, touch briefly on our word of joy today. So yes, joy is a continuing theme throughout the day. We're gonna talk a little bit about surrender that comes from our lovely Unity 40 Days of Lent booklet. And we're gonna to touch on some simple grace, all right? So the primary, and I'm gonna apologize if you can hear my dogs. There are people's coming and going around here today. Um, so the primary focus is from Keep It True Lent because, you know, hey, let's face it, we are here speaking unity truth. Um, so I want to kind of dissect it a little bit and in dissecting it, throw in some of the thoughts from these other texts. Um, so to Keep It True Lent, this is the fifth Sunday um, and it is referred to as Passion Sunday. And Charles Fillmore wants us to read from the Bible. And so this is my favoriteest Bible. Many of you have seen it. It's my wayfinding Bible. It is in the New Living Translation. And we are um, asked to read, what is it? Uh, John chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. So here we go. A long Bible reading today, because I like the Bible readings. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. 
peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. One of the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. They told him, we have seen the Lord, but he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them and place my hand into the wound in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, put your fingers here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. My Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. You believe because you have seen. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. The disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. All right, that's pretty cool. He came to them twice, believing, believing and seeing. Makes me think of, uh, what was it? Tim Allen, the Santa Claus. Believing is seeing, right? We don't have to see to believe. We have to believe to see. All right. So let's take a look. Charles Fillmore goes on to refer to today as the overcomer. So an overcomer is one who recognizes the truth of his being and is renewing his mind and body of affairs by changing his thoughts from the old mortal beliefs to the new as he sees them in divine mind. He is one who demonstrates the divine law, not only in surface life, but in innermost consciousness. Spiritual power, mastery, and dominion are obtained by the overcomer. He that overcome, oh my, he that overcometh, I will give to him to sit down with me in my throne. So to overcome, one must also surrender. So we need to surrender to God. To surrender, we must look deep within. Sometimes it's painful. And as we surrender, we can clearly listen to an expansive inner intelligence, our own Christ, that connection that we have with all that there is. So this inner intelligence by some is referred to as the inner Christ. Um, it's our personal and very real connection to the divine. And in surrender that we can overcome, we transcend this earthly existence um, and we embrace our own divinity. So many of us may feel that we are not divine or we feel disconnected from our own divinity. 
we hold on to our past and our present transgressions, and we put them up as barriers between our earthly self and our Christ life. We may appeal to our Christ, to God, for healing, yet we hide our deepest fears in what we believe to be maybe our sins in fear. Um, and we think that we may be found wanting or lacking, or we don't know what it is that somebody could possibly find divine within us because of some of these things that we may have done or said. The reality is that our inner self knows already, and God knows already. As we progress through this life, we seem to gather our little dark deeds and all these little things we have ever done or said. We have ever brought us shame, anything that we've ever felt shameful of or guilty of. And we gather them and we bury them. At least most of us do in my experience. Maybe it's just me, but I don't think so. Um, so we bury them, we bury them down deep and we build you know, perhaps like a tomb for them in our heart and in our consciousness. And we try to ignore them, we set them aside. And yet, those the memories of those offenses they kind of decay and they they begin to let's say smell they get yucky in there in that tomb and just as the sisters of Lazarus feared the stench of opening his tomb for Jesus when Jesus arrived we too fear opening this tomb we're afraid that that if if God, if our Christ, if our own divinity knew about these things that we've done, that we've said, that they'll find us, you know, that God will find us lacking. And the reality is that God already knows. God's not afraid of that stench. God is well aware of your stinky bits, okay? So we got to roll back the stone and we have to let our Christ light shine on all of that stench. And in doing so, then we can overcome and we can become this overcomer that Charles Fillmore is talking about. But we have to expose this tomb of deeds in order to do that. We need to trust in the love that is God. And so the way of overcoming, according to Charles, is first to place one's self by faith relationship of sonship. So I had to go on this little search to figure out what sonship meant. So first I was like, oh, we just have to place ourselves as a child of God. I'm good with that. I'm a child of God. That's all good. Okay. Um, dig a little bit deeper though. And it doesn't take a lot of digging to find that traditionally sonship actually means those who have the spirit of sonship are God's heirs, Christ's heirs. Here's the tricky part. They endure their present sufferings gladly for the glory that they will receive. As God's sons, they think that they can attain something only through suffering. They endure all difficulties and hardships so that they may have a bright future to receive their inheritance. I have a hard time believing that Charles Fillmore told us that we were going to suffer, that we are to suffer this life in order to attain greatness. I believe that really more what we're looking at here is the idea that we have to open ourselves up to our own suffering and expose our suffering to the love of God, knowing that in this moment, in doing so, we are inheriting all of that greatness. 
that we are experiencing the brightness of the true love of God in those moments when we bear to our Christ all of the nasty bits. So Charles goes on to say, and secondly, so we've gone from the first is to place one's self by faith in the realization of sonship. And then, and secondly, to demonstrate it faithfully in every thought and act. One of the laws of mind is that man becomes like that with which he identifies himself. So we place ourselves in sonship. We expose our suffering. We, we accept the love and the light um, in those moments of suffering. And we don't continue to stuff it down because it's already being seen. And next, we need to demonstrate that faithfully in every thought and act. So go forth in our lives, letting those hard times be seen um, and expose them and accept the love and the support that God and Christ have for us. So then we step into this law of mind is that man becomes like that with which he identifies himself. And I kind of had to giggle a little bit when I read that because my John, John Henry, he is, he heard somewhere at some point in time that you're only as successful as the people you most closely associate with. So he has told our girls forever that if you want to be a greater person, you need to surround yourself with greater people. If you look around you and you realize that the people around you don't exemplify the life that you want to live, they don't have the, um, that they don't share the same vision that you do of the world, then you need to find people that do. If you want to be that and live that, you need to find others that be that and live that um, to help you in that. And so Christ is the perfect pattern to follow. Everyone desires to overcome all errors and each should therefore be wise and identify himself with the Christ. So if we associate ourselves with Christ, we can then foster our divinity. No external condition or circumstance can hold man in bondage when he makes mental contact with God. So when we surrender, when we open the tomb of our deepest fears and our darkest deeds to the light of Christ, we make mental contact with God. We create a bond in accepting our place with God. And we have many blessings. We begin to praise God for the abundance of all things. Your words will crack the omnipresent ethers and good will flow to you from every direction. Gratitude, people. We have talked gratitude over and over and over again. I spent a year talking about gratitude and I've talked about thankfulness and gratitude prior to that. And it continues to be this ever important piece to our existence. We show gratitude and we will continue to receive. And so I affirm, I am an overcomer through Jesus Christ. And I rest in the realization of his grace and power. All right, beautiful people. We have a med this meditation today I have adapted from Easter with Jesus from Simple Grace. So I want you to take a moment with me here. Deep breath. 
settle in. And we'll start with a question. Dear Jesus, every time I feel true joy, the moment is cut short by my mind running through all the ways I could lose what brings me the joy I'm experiencing. It is so difficult to allow myself to fully experience these good moments through my fear of loss. In this quiet moment, I want you to feel as well as hear the response from the Christ of your soul. Dear one, the light is always with you. You are blessed in your ability to see clearly the fleeting nature of your life on earth and also to mourn the losses that come with time's passing in a humble and beautiful way. Let me help you stand on your tiptoes to peek around the clouds that limit your everyday sight. Imagine if you could look directly at the sun without harming your eyes. You'd see an intricate latticework of God's light radiating outward, traveling throughout the known world. Imagine that this light lattice is so bright that it's invisible to your human eyes, even though it's everywhere at all times, nourishing all living creatures in an intricate and complex flow of love that stretches between all things and God. Whenever you serve as a conduit of love, you become a part of this latticework. You eat of the bread and transcend both space and time. Yes, the joyous moments in this earthly existence are fleeting, but they live on forever in the higher dimensions of creation, the universe, y'all. Every time you feel the joy that comes with being an agent of love, you bring yourself closer to your Christ, your true self. To feel the truth of this, give your hearts to God. In a moment of communion, ask, what is the true nature of joy? And listen in the silence. Experience the pure joy of God's unending love. Thank you, Ali. Thank you. Thank you, Eileen. Seems like your illness brought some gifts. Thanks for sharing them. It's time now for our offering. 
and we'd like to thank everyone who has donated to Unity by Mail. We continue to appreciate any checks sent here to the church at 800 South Pearl Street, 98531. You can also donate on our website at unityofcentralia.net. And of course, we're always grateful for your donations of time and talent. So let us say our offering prayer together as we hold our offerings in our hearts and hands. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, all that I receive, and all that I am. Um, let's bless these gifts by saying the blessing of thanks together. We bless these gifts and send them forth to heal, bless, and prosper. They are evidence of our faith and belief. They do good work in the world and return to us multiplied abundantly. And so it is. And it's now time for our healing prayer. If you would like to focus our collective group healing energy for someone, you could speak out their name or just hold them quietly within. We continue to pray for all people and animals displaced by war and natural disasters. The members of our communities who must deal with basic human needs while living without a home. Um, for our friends Eileen and Johnny, who are healing from their colds and such, and Johnny's son, Chris, who is healing from his head injury. Who else? Where all those heard and unheard, we pray. Beloved Mother, Father, God, we ask for the highest and greatest good for all and endeavor to see them through your eyes, 
knowing all is in divine order. Amen. And together, let's say the prayer of protection. The light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is, and all is well. And it's time for a peace song. As you are circling up, I'd like to thank Amy um, for speaking, Alice and Linda for the great music, Holly for sharing about Myrtle, and Tom for making this all possible with cameras and speakers and laptops and all that stuff. Let me see. John for creating the slides. Thank you. And I think that's everyone. And for the people who brought food for us to enjoy in a minute, you guys aren't circling up and I'm running into things to say. <laughs> Next week, um, Dr. Daria Funches is our first Sunday speaker. So come on back. Okay. Let's do that again.